back to Mage Hand High Five. I'm your dungeon master, Casey Pappas, and with me, ranked from worst to best on how they'd play a game of Chubby Bunny, <laughs> Sarah McStay. Hi there, I'm Sarah McStay, playing Salome <laughs> Briar, and uh, yeah, I think we'd both look at that and be like, I'm good. <laughs> Robin Langenhop. I don't know if this is a statement on... How many things you think I can fit in my mouth or what? But <laughs> here we are playing Hayden Kincaid, who um, has probably never even seen a marshmallow. <laughs> and Max Weinberg. Uh, hi, yeah, Max. Uh, I f- for am the best at whatever these rankings are for the first time in a very long time. So that makes me <gasps> very excited. And yes, yeah, Stump could has shoved a lot of weird things in his mouth out of necessity so necessity i think he'd be pretty good at it necessity that's how i got the pox the first time for confused folks at home can we explain what chubby bunny is so they're not all just traumatized (laughs) yeah that's the one where you like shove a bunch of marshmallows in your mouth right yeah i will say also for the folks at home i do have a large mouth Cavernous, one might say. I do. <laughs> it's so big. It's grotesque, actually. Okay. Yeah. okay. You know what? On that note. <laughs> okay. On the last episode of Mage Hand High Five, we are powering through this. <laughs> there was a fight. The shirt was. <laughs> big old fight. Violence. That's it. Yeah. Following Courtois' threat of needing containment. A displacer beast and three assassins attacked the hall, hell-bent on killing the three of you, and with the head assassin going after Hayden personally. After a scuffle, the assassin falters, allowing Hayden to best him. The deputy guarding the event is downed by the beast, and the specter appears once more to Salome. They acknowledge each other, and she attempts to intentionally summon the specter by killing another assassin. They appear only to say that there will be another meeting between them. As Jameson guards appear at the arcane locked doors, the head assassin flees, though Stump deftly tracks his escape. Three scholars beat back the displacer beast, (laughs) Hayden temporarily tames the beast, and everybody flees out the back door. When we last left off, Jameson has broken into the auditorium. Hayden is currently riding the beast down an alley into the sunset. Stump has taken off after the assassin in a different direction. And Salome is left with Bancroft and the other shell-shocked scholars at the back door. Where we are now. Y'all are all over the place. (laughs) Whoops. We're a hot-ass mess. (laughs) So let's start. Emphasis on the ass. <laughs> a hot ass mess. <laughs> no, or a messy not ass. Not that. <laughs> Let's start closest to the scene of the crime. Salome. Yeah. You are surrounded by bewildered, scared scholars. A displacer beast just leapt over their heads and bounded down an alley yeah. carrying one of carrying one of your new friends. Your other new friend, without a word, has taken off into the street. Okay. At your elbow is Dr. Helena Bancroft, uh, who is at the moment sort of monologuing at you, saying something along the lines of, 
Now, you must understand, this sort of chaos does not frequent my presentations. This was truly the first time this has ever happened. I really hope that it does not dampen your party's interests, though I must say, you handled yourself terribly well out there. But I hope that the Jameson Corporation can continue to um, sort of see me as a potential fundee, (laughs) if that's a word. I think that's a word. I'm a little frazzled right now. Yeah, Dr. Bancroft, hey, listen, Mm -hmm. we're all going to take a little breath. We're going to take a big, deep breath in. We're going to take a big, deep breath out, okay? Okay. Uh, I don't believe introductions have properly been made. My name is Salome. I'm actually not with the Jameson Company, but we'll talk about that later. It's probably a good thing for you that I'm not. So... What, can I just take like the emotional temperature of the room right now? Like, yeah, what's what's needed? Vibe check. A lot of scholars are not sticking around. They're sort of just fleeing into the street. Sasha, Bethany, and Gerard are sort of standing around. Like, they're feeling pretty good. Like they <laughs> just they just beat back a beast. Did they level up? Uh, they leveled up. Yes. Sick. Great. Y'all did not, but they did. <laughs> I will say over over your shoulders, uh, you hear the Jameson guys still sort of roaring, looking for Bancroft in the auditorium. Great. So a couple of the scholars are sort of like turning back to listen to the voices in the auditorium. That sounds scary. As you are sort of taking the vibe check of this scared crowd, you hear from inside, wait, what the? And then you hear a... And light starts spilling in from the auditorium yeah okay we gotta we gotta get out of here we should probably Um, bounce uh i have a hotel room does anyone know you're staying there i mean the people at the like my compatriots and colleagues that's it uh the grad student gary all right we're gonna go there for now okay is there somewhere far away from that that we can send someone to tell those people that you have gone somewhere else uh and it's about that time that you see sort of swimming upstream, trying to get to you. Uh, you see Professor Portens. Oh, hey, Professor, we, we got to go. Did you see what happened from outside? I I don't really know what's going on. I saw some people smash open the front door, so I'm coming around back. Yeah, we're we're just about done with public speaking events at um, this point as a group. Um, but yeah, we need to get... no, makes sense. <laughs> um, I saw Stump run off. Yeah, we all need to get the hell out of here. Uh, Professor, since nobody's seen you, when Hayden and Stump find their way back here, can you let them know that... Dr. Bancroft, I'm sorry, what what hotel are you staying at? Bancroft sort of s- stands there for a minute, confuddled, and Porton says, no, I, I booked rooms. And nobody knows where you're staying, yeah? I, I mean, I gave them fake names. I always do. Oh, God's above. I love you, Professor. Okay, that's where we're headed. Listen, we can settle costs later. I booked us at Traveler's Respite. All right. Uh, doctor, I thank you all to come with us. The grad students are welcome to come if they like. None of you can tell anybody where we're going. And look, I understand that we just met and all, but genuinely, you are in a heap of danger. I can explain as soon as we get there. Please trust me. Uh, roll a persuasion check. Twelve. She sort of looks you up and down and says, you're... So you're not with Jameson? Uh, n- no, and that's probably better for both of us. Uh, Jameson's out front trying to knock the damn door down. We just really needed to speak with you. We have some information that might be of great academic interest to you. Namely, uh, and I, I kind of whisper, we found a door. You, you found a door? Yes. We have a lot to discuss. Yeah, sure Let, do. Let's 
Let, let's head on over. Right. Uh, Professor, one more thing. Stump and Hayden ran off. I don't know exactly where they got off to, but would you be willing to stick around here and just, if, if they come back by, let them know where we're going? Well, I mean, I saw Stump walk off that way about five minutes ago, which was weird. He was sort of standing out front. Yeah, I, I think he went to follow somebody. I just don't think he knows where we're headed. Well, I mean, Charlie went off after him, so... Well, shit. Okay, the person Stump's following is real dangerous, so Charlie better not get themselves in any trouble, but... And Charlie knows where you're staying, right? Yes. All right. Uh, Charlie can tell Stump. Maybe you can wait for Hayden? Okay. And you all take off that way. Uh, Hayden. Uh, yes? You are desperately clinging to the back of this displacer beast as it... It is trying to put some miles behind it. Good, kitty, sweet, kitty. I, I'm sure you know where you're going, and you have a whole plan here. You are a majestic, wonderful creature. I'd love to be let in on the plan, please. <laughs> it is just... Like, it leaps onto a dumpster and then, like, leaps onto sort of like a like a fire escape along the back of someone's house and then, like, up and up and up, like swiftly gaining altitude in this alley as well until it is like running on the rooftops now. Do I get the <laughs> sense that it has a destination in mind or is it just running? It is just running. You see it like stop for a second to like hiss at someone and that person <laughs> just immediately like fucking cowers. <laughs> and then it is running. Uh, rooftop after rooftop. There's this large gap between two rooftops and it jumps in a single bound from one to the other, barely makes it, scrabbles its way onto the top, and that exhausts it. It's running on empty, and it starts to slow. Can I attempt to calm it? Uh, roll animal handling. That's a 12. Okay. All right, sweetheart, we, we traveled, we got away from them, we are far away from them now. You can have a rest, you can just... Lay that sweet little head down. I'm thinking about a name for you. Um, for some reason, Yolanda is coming to mind. Um, see how that feels for you. Just, you know, lay down, ruminate. The displacer beast lays itself down to let you off. You're in the shadow of this water tower on top of this building that you're on. And the displacer beast meanders over to the shadow of the water tower, sort of right underneath it. And just flumps down onto one side, completely exhausted. I will absolutely cure wounds it. Okay. That's seven. You go over to it. You lay your hands on it. It initially sort of <laughs> hisses. But as this warm, radiating glow emits from your hands and passes into its side the hiss the growls settle and become a gentle purring yeah that's a good yolanda you know living down in the sewers i was hanging out with rats that were more threatening than you that's not an insult i'm just saying you're a sweet little kitty <laughs> you sort of soothe this beast its panting seems to slow down a little bit and it starts to get calm again this was sort of a traumatic experience for a wild animal yeah and you're helping it feel better now i am speaking to it in sylvan okay 
do I get the sense that it is understanding anything that I'm saying? You get the sense that it's it is kind of like it's feeling your vibe. Okay. It's less about the words and more about the tone of voice, the soothing effect that your voice is having on it. Now, Yolanda, and I'm going to stick with Yolanda until you give me a little growl or something that tells me you don't like that. Did you want to be with those people? Did you, is there somewhere you want to be? You ask it where it wants to be, and it sort of lifts its head up to look at you. You and then you want to be with me because we can make that then, work. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a little bit of a tight squeeze in the wagon, but you know we'll we'll move around. Just watch those tentacles. It it looks at you, and then its eyes sort of shift, and it looks off into the forest beyond you. The sort of that sort of bog that surrounds mm. Twin River, and it sort of looks off into the wilds that way. Yeah, I had a feeling. You know, a girl can dream, but do you think you can get there yourself? Do you need help? It sort of looks at you and then, like, flops back down like, like it's just tired. Oh, well, if you're going to show me that belly, that belly's going to get rubbed. <laughs> this is when Hayden finds out what happens when you touch a cat's belly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but as you, as you soothe it, one of its tentacles sort of comes over and, like, wraps around your back. Ooh, I hope this is a this is a hello gesture and not a threatening gesture, but we're going to stick with this. You see that the sort of spines at the end of its tentacle are, like, retracted. It is not giving you threatening vibes. Now, I'm here for you. If you need a helping hand, get into your home or your family if you got it, I'm here to make that happen. If you just need someone to watch over you while you rest, and then you go off on your own, I'm here for that too. We are safe up here. You got us so far away from any kind of danger. (laughs) We're all good here for a while, all right? You say these words, and you get the sense that there's sort of a beginning of trust there. It does not fully trust you as a person yet, but there is the possibility for it to trust you. As you soothe this wounded animal, you realize that this is the first time that you've sort of been on your own since you boarded the train. Yeah. And that this is the first time you've been on your own since you found yourself suddenly alone at your apartment. And you wonder what sort of conversation you'll have with the person that you're looking for. You know, I I don't know if you're looking for anyone in particular or if you just have a home you want to get back to or just want to get away from where you were. I kind of get all of those things. I'm looking for something too or someone. And... I learned today, though it feels like it was weeks ago, that she's actually out there somewhere, and she knows I'm looking for her. I don't know why she left, and I really hope there's a good reason, because, <laughs> oh, this trip was not in my plans, but 
I know you probably don't understand anything I'm saying right now, but... (laughs) Oh, it's nice to get it out. So, thanks for that. The beast looks at you, again, rolls onto, like, sort of into laying position on all fours, Mm -hmm. and then it rolls onto its other side so that its back is, like, nestled against you. Hayden tries so hard not to make, like, a sound <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> grimacing with joy <laughs> and like a couple of tears roll down and they just nestle in to this big furry possible friend and just sits in the silence for a bit you and this displacer beast snuggled beneath the shade of this water tower <laughs> <laughs> and you get the sense that that both of you just needed a minute yeah to commiserate with someone stump yeah you are on the trail of this assassin you've cast locate creature you are tearing off after him down the street you see him duck into a staircase leading down into the lower levels oh my favorite place do you follow <laughs> Uh, yeah. How many how many levels are there? Uh, there are seven levels altogether. Okay. Twin River is big. Sort of seven levels stacked on top of each other in this bridge. He finally, after a bit of chasing, starts to slow. So I'm going to have you roll stealth. I'm going to use uh, my second Smurf, Zverf Neblin camouflage ability that lets me roll with advantage. I love the word Zverf Neblin. That's a 25. Okay. You see that the assassin is ducked behind a warehouse. So you creep up closer. You are hidden behind a crate and you hear voices. Oh, well, I gotta, I gotta go check the voices. Yeah. Uh, just as a reminder, I also still have uh, non-detection is still active on me from like okay. way earlier from when I was running away from Courtois last for eight hours. Oh. If that, if that it, messes with any of your is plans. Is it concentration? Uh, no, it's not concentration. Okay. You sort of creep closer to the conversation. You're able to catch snippets of it. You hear from behind the crate, Grand Inquisitor, and then a silence. I assume you're the only one to remain. Your failure echoes in your every movement, every thought. It is evident you've forgotten the touch of the flame. Furthermore, you've prevented those three interlopers from receiving their eternal reward. Poor fools. They killed the stranger, so they must know. That alone would be reason enough to dispose of their group. But they have the Jameson heiress, a wanted murderer. And they have information about Jameson I was unaware of, but which I'm not surprised to learn. Is this all coincidence, or are they soldiers of fortune? Perhaps some unknown third party desires Threed's power and seeks the downfall of both Church and Jameson. And then there's this stump. The name is familiar, so I cannot place it. And then the third member of this band, whose identity remains a complete enigma to me. 
you hear the other voice pipe up. Grand Inquisitor, I must confess one more transgression. In battle with this last one, I hesitated and stayed my blade, though I know not why. May the flame shine mercy on me. There is silence. And then, Stump, you hear, This is unexpected, but not entirely unforeseen. It seems that further adjustment is in order upon our return to Threed. But the flame works in mysterious ways, and even from your shame, enlightenment may come. As a matter of fact, I believe I've come to understand for what purpose the flame allowed you to stay your blade. What she says next is muttered. So Stump, I need you to make a perception check. Now, I don't have great perception, so... That's, uh, that's a big ol' six. Oh. Mm. You get one word. Orphans. She then continues in a, in a louder volume. But time will reveal all truths through the flame which lights our steps. We must return to the sink. Doubtless, our failure at the auditorium will not go unnoticed by Lamarch. But I have plans to deal with our friend. But first... Stump, the crates around you flash with light as a spell is cast. You hear a... <gasps> oh, not on me. Ooh. Not on you. <sighs> and then you hear Courtois say, an eavesdropper. We'll take them back to the sink and find out just how much they've heard. I run away. Run. <laughs> I did just run. You run away. As you get up, you get one peek over the crates. There are three people there. One is the assassin. His head is uncowled, but you can't make out any features of him except a shaved head as his back is turned to you. You see a splitting image of yourself wearing a hat with a rainbow feather in its band. And then you see a paralyzed Charlie. <gasps> and you run. What if what if we didn't see a paralyzed Charlie? No. No. Oh, you saw a paralyzed Charlie. Oh no. Oh my god, no. No, 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 no. Cuz Charlie was running after Stump who was standing out front of the auditorium. Oh shit. Stump as you are running back you hear a voice in your head. You are feet pounding to the pavement, trying to get back to the others, and a voice pops into your head that says, Hey, man, uh... Ah, shit, I just burped. Uh, this is Earl. <laughs> Perfect. Is this is Earl. I, uh, I don't know if you caught my name before. Earl Letterbetter. Uh, I was gonna head on over to the Wet Rat, seeing as how, uh, I got off... I got to get off a little early tonight. So uh, if you want to meet there for drinks, uh, if you're still up for it, I'm still down for it. You just uh, message me back. Uh, 
yeah, uh, it might be a little late. I, I make no promises. Things came up, but I still would love to chat with you at some point. Uh, hope things are going well. Stump burps back. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a little bit of a stitch in your side from running for so long, so you're like... <laughs> Just like a throw up a little bit. <laughs> you got a you got a horrible taste in the back of your mouth. Yeah, you start heading back up to the upper levels. Stump, you make it up onto the top street. You start heading back to the auditorium, and it is in flames. Oh shit! The auditorium is in flames. There are multiple wizards out front with their hands out, like spraying water over the building and there is a pissed off Maverick LaMarche shouting orders at people out front you see a bunch of Jameson guys with like soot covered armor sitting off to the side Uh, one of them has like a trauma blanket on (laughs) you think they might have been in the building as it started going up so I I don't see I don't see the others, obviously, and I don't see Portens, and I know Charlie's not as there. You, as you walk up, I will say that you feel a hand on your shoulder, clap down, and you turn, and it is Portens. And he says, Oi, you showed up. Great. I've got rooms for us at the Traveler's Respite. Uh, uh, Solomon's there. Well, let's just get everyone together. Let's circle up. Let's circle up and okay. have, uh, have, a, have a talk, uh, and we'll, okay. we'll catch up. Great. Y'all start heading to Traveler's Respite. Hayden. Yeah. The Displacer Beast is fully, like, unconscious now. Fast asleep. Under the water tower. You, from this distance, are able to look out from where you came from, and you see a bright light, and it looks like one of the buildings is on fire. Can I tell which building from here? You can take an educated guess. Yeah. (laughs) I had a feeling. (laughs) You see that happening out in the distance. And it is just a weird juxtaposition to the peace that you feel here in this moment. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it's not happening or like that you're watching, watching it happening on another planet. Now that the Displacer Beast is fully unconscious, do you stay with it? I'm really torn in this moment because I do have a family here. But I also promised this creature that I would help it. And I don't even know where I would be going if I tried to meet up with everyone. And I have no method of contacting them. I think with every intent of returning before the night is out, I'll head Mm -hmm. to the wet rat. That's the only place I know to go. You sort of gingerly get up and start to ease yourself over the fire escape down the side of this building and you look back to see the cat readjust on its side as a sleeping pet does Mm -hmm. its tail like curled and you see it sort of (sighs) do that sigh that pets do I'll be back little friend and you descend the fire escape to head to the wet rat I think before I get to ground level, I will transform again. I'll just be uh, my best nondescript, middle-aged, bearded gentleman, like, 
as unassuming as I can physically be. Like you were just a you're you're a guy. Yeah. Of all of all the guys, you are one of them. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Someone you could grab a beer with. Yeah. And then forget <laughs> immediately. You are random dude in a bar number three. Exactly. And you walk into the wet rat. Perfect. Salome. Uh, Professor Portens stayed behind to try and intercept either Stump or Hayden. You make it to your room in, in Traveler's Respite. And Dr. Bancroft sort of sits in a chair nearby and says, All right, can we just start from the beginning about what is going on here? Because you know doors, and you're not involved with Jameson. No. <laughs> but you don't want to be found. Who is doing the finding? Hell, who isn't? Uh, shoot, I really wish any of my friends were here, because this is all going to sound... A little bit far-fetched just coming from me. Uh, sorry, just real quick. We were also supposed to meet up at the Wet Rat at some point. You don't have anybody who could maybe go over there and just see if anybody shows up there, do you? Uh, I mean, I could I could send, um... That was sort of our rendezvous point, so if anything, I'll bet, you know, if Portens isn't yeah. able to find Hayden or Stump, I, I reckon probably yeah, the next no. stop would be our um, next stop. Hold, hold on. And she sort of... Pokes her head out the door and like, Bethany, Bethany, Bethany solid. She can do this. Bethany, Bethany like <laughs> peeks out of one of the other doors and she says, "Hey, real quick, could you go head to the wet rat?" And um, she sort of turns to you and says, "Salome, who should who should Bethany be on the lookout for?" <laughs> well, <laughs> if I know anything, I think I think the person will probably recognize Bethany, and that might be the best bet that Bethany has. Um, Bethany, darling, if someone approaches you and asks you where to go, ask them what Stump's most commonly used alchemy jug setting is. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. If they say... If they say mayonnaise, let them come with you. If not, run. <laughs> Bethany looks at you and then looks at Dr. P- looks at Dr. Bancroft as if to be like, "Do I do this thing?" And Bancroft says, "Yep, go. Go do it." <laughs> Bethany sort of looks back and goes, "Okay." <laughs> hey, look, Bethany, that was some great work out there today. That was some good hustle. <laughs> she, she says, this is the weirdest day. And heads out. Pleasure to meet you, too. Uh- <laughs> Bancroft turns to you, Solomon, and says, okay. Yeah. Answers? Oh, God's above. I don't even know where to start. Uh- okay, well, first things first. I should probably start with the questions that are related to my field of uh, study. All right. You said you found a door. Yes, ma'am. That is one more than I was aware of. Shoot. Because uh, you found one out here, right? Well, yes. I don't know how much of the presentation that you got to hear, but I found a door about an hour's ride south of here in some desolate ruins. Yeah. No, the, the one we found was in the mines under Ford Falls. Well, darling, I, I was not aware... That there were multiple doors. 
Yeah, no, neither were we. We, we kind of hoped we'd seen the last of it. Uh, That's interesting. Did you happen to get up close to yours? I did. Did you? Not nearly as close as I could have. That's probably for the best. Yeah. We ran into some folks out there who had gotten real up close and personal to it for a long time. And it had started to speak with them. Like it was offering them things. One one of the grad students got a little close to it. And we had to send him home. Is he okay? We think he should be fine. Uh, outside of sort of this certain area, it seemed to sort of lessen on his brain. But the longer he stood near it, the more it seemed to communicate with him. And that's something I've, that's something I've never seen before. Did he say what it was telling him? Uh, it was, uh, it was kind of digging into his personal life, offering him people that, people that weren't around for him anymore. Yeah. That sort of okay. thing. And, um, well, it, it wasn't a pretty sight by the end of it. Hmm. We had to send him home. He got a little, he got a little violent with some of the other grad students and tried to it was very insistent on getting behind it. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's about that time that um, there's a knock at the door. You hear, Sass, I, I, I got stump. Uh, I go to the door, leave it locked for a second, and say, Sorry, Professor, just a precaution. What are my aunt's names? Uh, well, I mean, there's Lila, who is a little bit of a thornbush. Uh, and there's Maggie, who is a delight. All right, I'll let him in. Just in case, you know. You never know. You open the door, Hortons and Stump are there. Oh, hell, am I glad to see you. I've had to explain this whole door stuff by myself. Uh, hello, we have a problem. Honey, you're gonna have to be a little more specific. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I followed the assassin down to a warehouse. Uh, there I overheard their conversation, and then I relayed their conversation to Solomon Portens. Uh, but then at the end, someone used Hayden's hat to turn into me. So there's someone running around that looks like me, and I think that Charlie may have chased after him and got captured by Courtois and their crew. Wait, what? Portens immediately, like, claps a hand on your shoulder and turns you to face him and says, what? Yeah, they got Charlie, like, four floors down. I can take you there. Did, did, did they Port- say- Portens, like, turns and starts to run out the door. No, 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 I grab him. Okay. Hey, no, c- come back. There's, there, there, hey, stop. There's nothing we can do about Charlie right now. They're, they're down there. They're safe. As long as we're here, they're looking for us. Nothing's going to happen to Charlie. They're paralyzed. So, you know, it's not great, it, but it definitely could be worse. It, sorry, you said they were going to the sink? Yeah. Fuck. All right. Uh, Dr. Bancroft, you know where the sink is? Dr. Bancroft looks at y'all and says, I, I haven't been in Twin River all that much. I, I, this, this was sort of our base of operations as we went out to, uh, the door but it's 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 sort of beyond my speed i'm i'm not really a uh an expert well stump does that sound anything like where they might have taken you i mean it it could be it was definitely wet where i was and it was kind of like a dungeon thing so that sounds about right but you know we could also you know who would know earl he told me his name in a message surprise he he uh, followed up that's the that's the and wizard the, the usps wizard okay yeah I yeah think, i think earl would know I don't think any of us have a chance of getting back here alive without Hayden or without taking a second to heal up. Professor, I'm 
so sorry. We're, we're, we're going to find them. Portons is kind of like shell shocked. Like he can't leave. He can't stay. He's sort of just like in shock. Look, Lackstump said Charlie's going to be alive as long as they're trying to get to us. Do you want to come with us? I, I think so. I'm straight. I would just slow y'all down. Please. You have to save Charlie. They, they're all I have left. I take out my holy symbol, unwrap the briars from around it, and take out a little piece of paper from inside the vial. And on it is a note written in my mother's handwriting. And I press it into Porton's hands and say, On my mama's memory, we will find Charlie and we will bring them back to you. And you can hold on to this for me until we do. Okay? This is all I have left to her. He looks at the paper in his hands, looks at you, and then just, like, without crumpling it, holds it close. Uh, Dr. Bancroft, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to finish the rest of our conversation later. I think the important thing to know is that you cannot trust Jameson with anything. Um, Professor, maybe you could fill the doctor in on what we've seen while we're gone? <laughs> yeah. The the doc and the professor sort of just look at each other, like, wondering what the other one knows, as you all turn. Uh, bef- oh. Before we head out, actually, okay. Doc, you have uh, you have any potions on you? Yeah, I mean, either of you, actually, if <laughs> anyone's do got so some. hot in that last battle. <laughs> anyone's got any potions on them, that would be great. Well, hurting, actually. <laughs> ba- Bancroft says, honestly, I don't even have my notes. Like, I got nothing on me. And, um... Horton sort of reaches into his back pocket and hands you a vial of just viscous black liquid. <laughs> like it is, it is fucking, it is a vial of ooze. He hands it to you and says, do not drink this. <laughs> no, I, I need to drink. It's for me. Throw I it need- at someone else. Oh, uh, thank you. Okay. That's all Professor, I've what, is, what is this? It is a rejected potion from one of my first batches that I always keep on me to remind myself of why I do this. Well, you have sure come a long way. Uh, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> sniff the potion a little bit. <laughs> um, all right, come on, Stump. I can give you what healing I got, and I, I kind of goose him for 10 HP. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Heck> no. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you ain't ticklish? Because you said you're not, but I think you might be. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> you do this out in the hallway, like out of sight of Portons. Yeah, we get past the like grieving father before I be like a silly little goose. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Uh, <laughs> like we walk and- out real polite. Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna find them. I like leave Professor <laughs> the only thing I have left of my mother. And then go outside and goose stump for 10 HP. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just the sheer whiplash. Over in the wet rat. Hayden, you've walked in and it is a... I want to say it's a Thursday. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You sound so committed to that thing you just said. (laughs) 
I genuinely don't remember whether I said it was a day or not. So uh, I don't think you did. I don't think you but did. I love that it's just a Thursday right now. <laughs> it is the year the year of our flame. 1965. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, this place is this place is popping. They, right. uh, you see, like three tieflings, like with arms around each other, like swaying in the back, like leading in a drinking song. Is one of them Clovis? <laughs> one of them is Clovis. You know yes. what? Yes. <laughs> Wait, the the fashion guy, the tailor, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. best friend. You, like one of them is Clovis. You see, like, a bunch of people sort of lined up at the bar. Uh, one of them you recognize is the uh, USPS guy. Oh, okay. And you are sort of milling your way in. And as you do, on your left, Bethany, the grad student, passes <laughs> and sort of wanders oh. over to the bar <laughs> looking like a fish out of water. I at first was gonna just like head to the bar and order a drink in the vicinity of USPS guy but when I see Bethany okay. I go oh well hello there um okay so this is gonna be a bit of an awkward greeting but uh I saw what you did at the uh, auditorium earlier and I have to say that was some marvelous work have you by any chance had a conversation with um uh, a woman in a brand new dress who seemed quite frazzled and was looking for her companions. She, she, she looks at you and says, day just keeps getting weirder. You want to compete about that? Because I've got some contributions. Oddly specific thing to say to someone. Um, I also have an oddly specific thing to ask you in turn. Ooh, I love um, this game. What? What is Stump's favorite setting on an alchemy jug? I think. Salome, you are an absolute genius. It's mayonnaise. Where are we going? <laughs> Beth, Bethany says, "What the fuck, man?" Uh, I cannot answer that question for you. She says, "All right, well." I just got here, but let's, uh, we're in the, uh, Traveler's Respite, so uh, I guess we should start heading back that way. So they are not coming here, then? <laughs> we're literally on our way, oh no. Be Bethany looks at you and says, listen, I don't know anything except that Stump's favorite alchemy jug flavor is mayonnaise. Yeah. You know what? I, Listen, I, I would you like a drink even, before we go? Because I feel like you might need it or would enjoy I it. I might need it. I'll right. be real with you. I don't even understand the field I'm studying. <laughs> it is Oh sweetheart, we have plenty to talk about. Do you know if um if heading to the traveler's respite is urgent because I would absolutely pay for a drink for you because you deserve it, it after all that work you did. You know what? I don't know if it's urgent. They seem to be like chill there and talking about the door that that Doc really. I need a drink. <laughs> Absolutely, let's make this happen. Uh, barkeep, we'll have whatever Clovis is having. The the barkeep comes over. It's just like this giant like turtle. Yeah. Uh, just a just a a, a turtle person, and says, 
All right, dearie. <laughs> Coming right up. It's going to be a minute. <laughs> you know, we might as well get a table because we're going to be waiting a while. <laughs> Incredible. You get your drinks, and as the drinks show up, uh, so do Stump and Salome walking in through the front door of the wet rat. Can we just say that we, like, really tucked into the shadows on the way here, knowing that now Courtois knows who Stump is, who I am? Yeah, well, let's have you roll a, let's rev, have you roll a group stealth check. 19, that new outfit's doing it for me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 25. My old outfit's still killing it. would have been a 20 for Salome, but as they're lurking through the shadows, she's whispering into Stump's ear, isn't it great? I'm not even tripping over my dress anymore. This is great. <laughs> I head over to I head over to the the front door where they all just came in and say, "You know what, sweetheart? That is a fantastic dress. It looks wonderful. And you, sir, I feel like you need a bolo tie. Don't you think that he needs a bolo tie? You know, as a matter of fact, I do. I wonder where we might find one." I'm sorry, I need a what? <laughs> I like I'm rifling around in my cleavage trying to find shit. <laughs> Pull out a bolo tie. Uh, yes, don't we got we got this for you over when we were shopping before uh before we got kidnapped and all that. Oh, uh the, the, great uh, the, Look uh, you can put stuff in there. I could put stuff in the bolo tie? Yeah, there's like a little compartment where you can put something in there. We thought you'd like it. You kinda like things you can put stuff in. <laughs> Uh, you know, Stump, Stump, uh, Stump gives that look that, like, you know, when a kid gives an adult something that the adult absolutely does not want, yes. but it's just like, oh yeah, uh, I thanks, I, 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 this is great. Wow, I appreciate it. Yeah, See, it really suits you. Um, I think you really. Like, you should put it on. See, we had this whole, I before think, we met you in those brief couple of minutes there, we had this whole thing about pockets, and we really just wanted to bring you in on the, the pocket party, and so we got you with, uh, something with a little compartment, so you could put your, I don't know, your, your poison powder or whatever the hell. I have, I have a whole bit, thank you. <laughs> it's like uh, getting a dad something thank, he already thank. has. Maybe someone takes your bandolier poisons, and you, they don't take your bolo tie in a weird, mo- you have been kidnapped already today, all right? You know, okay, I, my back. At that time, Bethany comes up and says, "Oh, cool! So we're not going to the Traveler's Respite, huh?" Hey, Bethany, you know what? Thank you so much. Uh, if my friend here hasn't already bought you a drink, I will. I do appreciate your time, though, darling. <laughs> at like right after that, Earl comes up and goes, "Oh, hey, you found some friends. What's up, my man? You made it." Oh yeah. Oh hey. Uh, yeah. Hey, Earl. Yeah. Uh, can we can we talk for a quick second, I, dude? We can uh, talk forever, man. It is it is Thursday <laughs> night. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, Thursdays. By the way, you are you sure you don't want to reach out to your family or anything while you're? Uh... Oh shit! <laughs> uh, hey, hey uh, Earl, can I uh, can I get just like a a, a, a message on the house, possibly by your Earl, Earl says, <laughs> I I mean, I'm kind of off the clock, man. Ah, fuck it. You know, you know what? You know what? We're basically friends at this point. Oh, she's just yeah. one for free. Um, he starts to turn back to the bar, and he looks at you, Solomon, and he says, Oh, uh, got a message back. <gasps> you did? What the fuck, man? That, 
<laughs> it was weird, man. What? I didn't, like, your message came back, and it's the first time I've ever gotten pictures. I didn't get, uh, I didn't get a message. I got fucking pictures, and I, I, I don't know how to deal with that. Grab Earl by the <laughs> collar and drag go, him uh? to me. What did you get back? I, uh, I mean, I got a couple of, uh, oh, sorry, I mean, I'm I, holding I, on, I'm holding on tight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, sorry. I'm just, this oh, is a lot. Thank God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm being a lot right now, but I'm real oh, worried about this. Wow, what did you say? You're very strong. Thank you. What, uh, tell me what you saw. Okay. Well, no, I, I, I drew him. Hold on. And he reaches into his pocket, pulls out a couple note cards. and says, I, uh, listen, the message came back, popped into my brain, fucking three pictures. And it was that's weird. I didn't even know it worked like that. Like, I've, I've worked this job for, like, seven years, and this is the first time I've ever gotten fucking pictures. I didn't even know that could happen. Anyway, he slaps them down uh, on the bar, and you see three sort of crudely drawn pictures. And he says, I, I'm not really, like, an artist guy. You know, I dabble, but uh, I, don't, I don't have what they call the, the artist's... Uh, je ne sais quoi, you know, hey, honey. They're they're fun. They're just fun. Um, I'm like fully focused on the pictures <laughs> to throw a little Elvish at you. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hayden is over with Stump and is like, I really thought Salome was gonna give you some kind of wingman help with this Earl guy, but I think she's got something else going on now. Wait, am I not picking up on what wingman? Wait, this I'm wasn't married. a date. I absolutely thought that you had set up a date with this gentleman. <laughs> no, it's just two guys from East Threed hanging out and catching up in a place that's un- that's unfamiliar to us. Are you a hundred percent sure about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm married. Is he? Salome looks up from the pictures fully to be like, "Honey, we don't know what you and Kate are into." <laughs> <laughs> Salome's looking over the pictures. The first, the first picture, is like a crudely drawn. Almost looks like a tree. And it sort of... It has branches and roots that sort of extend off the edges of the note card. And it's just this very, like, vivid, very intense tree. Even under the disguise of Earl's, like, crude artistry. Hmm. The second one reminds you a lot of the entrance to the Ford Falls mine. Sort of those, like the entrance to, to the mines. Yeah, the entrance to the mines. The two beams with the top bracing beam on top, except a lot bigger. It has two large doors open. It's huge, and it seems to descend into the earth. For the third card. This one seems to be shrouded in darkness as if Earl drew it and then scribbled over it. And emerging from this darkness is a creature. It's hard to make out details as the details don't seem right. There are eyes in places there shouldn't be. One twisted mouth longer than any mouth you've ever seen. Its hands have too many fingers. And it reaches one gnarled hand towards you. 
does the creature itself look threatening in terms of its posture? Yes. Do you think with how this magic works, if someone couldn't speak, that they could send pictures back to you? I, lady, I gotta be real with you. It's the first time, like, I, did, I didn't think this was possible. Yeah, Lila's pretty good. Like, this is weird. I don't know who you were sending a message to, but it's it's kind of crazy. Good for them, I guess. Like, this is pretty rad. But, like, the f- what the fuck? You ain't spent a lot of time in, uh, in Blackthorn Hollow, have you? Me, personally? I mean, not really. I mean, there's the... There's the Blackthorn Refinery up there. Does this... I show I show uh, him the second picture. Does this look anything like the refinery? I mean, it could... Like, it could be. I, I, I've never been there myself. Like, they don't really, like, give tours of the refinery, and it's kind of, like, closed off to the general public because it's, like, a private business. But, like... I, it very well could be. Like, it, it looks like it sort of goes into into the the, the deep bowels of the earth. Right. Okay. Well, hey, th- thank you so much again. I, I I really do appreciate you taking yeah. time out of your your date to draw these. And huh? <laughs> Wait. Sorry. Was this was this not a date? Uh, I mean, it, he sort of looks at stuff. And he goes, I mean, could, uh, I mean, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like, what kind of drink we going for? I mean, like, uh, I mean, hey, just you know, I don't want you to get your hopes up. He does have a family, but oh, red. Cool. I mean, listen. All right, Stump, enjoy whatever this is. We're going to uh, go get a drink with Bethany. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. We'll okay. catch up with you in a few. Great. <laughs> you sort of sit down next to Earl, and Earl says, I mean, I, I sort of thought we were just going out for drinks, like, after oh, work drinks like Buds. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, we, I, come, we come from the same part of the world. Like, Yeah, uh, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, two guys who are at a place in the, in the world, you know, uniting in their... In their, uh, in their you know, common hatred their, of uh, Eastern Three. <laughs> our hatred of Eastern Three? Our yeah, hatred it, of Eastern Three? Like, you it's hate like Eastern Three? It's like a lovable 3? hate, you know? Oh, like, yeah, like, like fucking, like... Uh, it's, yeah, okay, it's you know the toilet, I got that, yeah. but it's our toilet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I shit in that toilet so much. <laughs> um, I don't even know what you're referring to. Bartender, let's get some drinks over here. <laughs> yeah, let's get some drinks. Great. So, Salome, is um is everything all right? Oh, no. I really thought that oh. Oh shit, honey. No, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Charlie's missing. We Ch- Charlie got picked up by Courtois and the the assassin. Oh. And we are here for what reason? Why Why are we sitting here at the bar getting a drink? Uh, well, first things first, we need to find you, so that's done. And uh, we all need to tend to our wounds a little bit. Uh, apparently they've taken Charlie to somewhere called the Sink, so Stump is with Earl right now trying to figure out where the hell that is. And then I believe we're on our way. All right, well... Uh, also, Stump said Courtois said something about orphans, and I, I remember Luther was talking about a, a bunch of kids and the stranger, and... I- Hayden, we might need to... All right, so there's a maximum number of things that I am able to process at this particular moment. Yeah. Um, I would like to have a living, happy Charlie, so I'm just going to focus on that and compartmentalize everything else that you told me, if that's all right with you. Yeah, I just think at some point we got to know about what happened with you and the stranger because it seems increasingly related to Courtois. Yeah, It doesn't yeah, have to happen right a, now, but at no, some that's point... A, that's a valid concern, and um, when my brain catches up to everything you just filled me in on, I will be able to tell you that particular story. 
right, here's a drink. Uh, oh, and then, hello. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll just we'll wait for uh, Stump to finish his not date uh, and tell us where to go. Stump and Earl are at the counter. So, uh, so after that really awkward conversation about if this is a date or not, uh, so that message is actually, uh, that request is uh, actually to my family. I kind of, you know, got caught up in the moment and forgot to send oh. them one earlier. Yeah. You think you, know you could just... Fuck it. It's Thursday night. This yeah. one's on me. <laughs> F-I-I-T-N. Fuck it, it's Thursday night. Fit. Fuck it, it's Thursday night. <laughs> Everyone from East 3 knows what the fuck is up on Thursday night. <laughs> Stump pulls up his sleeve and reveals a tattoo on his arm. It just says, fuck <laughs> it, it, it's Thursday, Thursday night. night. <laughs> <laughs> Earl says, hell yeah, and like pulls up his short, and it's like tattooed on his inner thigh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, uh, my message, if, uh, if I could just get it, is, uh... Oh, hell yeah. Hey, honey, in Twin River, hope things are well, got a rock for Sal, gonna be hell of a story, miss and love you both. He sort of puts the card to his mind, thinks about it real hard, and then says, yeah, alright, sent. Well, uh, see how long it takes to get back. Yeah, she might be asleep, but, uh, you know, next drink's on me. Hell yeah. So I got just a couple questions I was actually hoping to ask you. Oh. Uh, one, uh, yeah, for, one for like, here. I mean, I, I will say, before you ask, the USPS, it's not, like, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, we get like a shit ton of spells, but they're only for sending. Like, no, I can't cast oh. Firebolt. Like, you what, know. You mean you don't got like Power Word Kill on the ready? No, I mean like. <laughs> oh, it's a bummer, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it sends me a shit ton of like usage of sending. Like, I. I get three, like, for free without even expending anything. Oh, that's pretty cool. No, yeah, but this wasn't... Red. No, I'm I'm at a message. I'm at a message request. This is actually just a qu- like an information request. Oh, okay. Request. Yeah. Um, firstly, have you ever heard of the sink out here in Twin River? Sink? Yeah. Shit, man. And he sort of looks around and he says, yeah, I oh, mean... Oh, should, should I have whispered that? Sorry. Well, the sink... I mean, the sink's kind of fucked, man. It's like... You know, like every every castle has got to have a a brig, and like every like mm-hmm. they, they got to have they got to have a place to to throw in the the troublemakers. I mean, you know, we talked before about who really runs the city, and uh, that's sort of his place that he throws people who don't like him. Okay, and he sort of yes. throws them in there and throws away the key. I mean, they call it the sink because it's sunk into the bog. Okay, and a very unrelated question to that oh, is: okay. uh, You said you you left uh, three to about you know eight years ago or so. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be eight like come next April. Well, my question: So I, I've been gone for a while. Uh, it's you know about like twenty years or so, and I was wondering: Oh shit! Anything you hear about like the Hazak gang kind of going on? The Hazak? Damn, dude! You're yeah. like asking all the. Fucking I need I need USPS like patient you know doctor confidentiality on this question. Oh well, I mean I ain't gonna tell you like what people sent in messages because that's illegal and like I don't want to lose my shit. But what do I got to do to maybe get some of those messages? I I don't know. Hire like want to go on a date? What? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Like no. Like that. I I'm I'm saying like that that stuff's like illegal. Like, that kind of stuff could get me thrown in the sink. Okay, you don't teach the wrong. But, like, I'll, I'll tell you what I know. Yeah, what do you know? 
like, I mean, Hazak Gang sucks. Like, everybody knows that. Not Nothing, no specifics? What do you mean? Like, any, any big jobs that might have been, you know, like, uh, you know, tried to oh. be pinned on them or anything specific for Larissa Mavell? I mean, I don't... Who is that? Just a just a member of uh, of Hazak that I heard about. Damn, dude, you're well informed. I gotta, I, I, yeah, I know some things. Okay, I mean, not, not really. I mean, they were moving in on some Jameson shit like a couple years ago, from what I heard. Like they were sort of moving in on sort of uh, corporate territory, like doing raids on like warehouses and shit. And I remember Jameson didn't like that. And- there was a little bit of fallout, uh, but, like, that was years ago. That was before I left 3, you know? Now, from what I hear, the fucking, there's Jamesons in politics. Like, they're in the fucking government now. So, I'm sure, like, if they have their way, Hazak's not going to be around for long. Cool, cool, yeah. I uh, appreciate the, the info. Um, how you doing? Like, what's what's going on in Earl's life? <laughs> So um, I, I think we come back at this point. <laughs> so it seems like y'all are having a lovely time, but um, you may recall that we have some other business to attend to, so maybe we should get to getting and take care of that. You found out what we needed to find out? Uh, yeah, I think the sink is actually where they took me. Uh, Great. You remember how to get down there? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll find out. Uh, I think, y- like, you would be able to sort of clumsily find your way. Yeah, it might not be, we might not get there direct, but we'll, we'll get there. But before we go, do you think we can find a hat without the, and a feather that look like Hayden's hat? The hat can look like whatever we, we want. It's the feather that really makes it identifiable. Great, then we just need a, a hat and the feather. A feather. That looks Wait, like that need, feather. If it's not iridescent, then no one will oh, believe I can, that it's I can, the one. That I they... can tinker with it to make a you know a static visual effect of it being iridescent. Uh, does Clovis have a hat, or like, can we steal a hat off someone in the room? Uh, you know, uh, roll a straight d twenty luck check. A seven. A seven. I'll say with the seven, you see that Clovis is wearing a fez, like a tiny <laughs> little fez. And it's and it's his Thursday night hat. Oh, oh don't take his Thursday night hat. Fuck it, it's Thursday. We got to go do it. <laughs> All right, Stump. If you can um, get the hat, get the hat. But we need a feather. That's the real thing we need. Is anyone wearing the regular Thursday night boa? <laughs> no, but you do see like a couple of like Aracocra at their own booth, and they they have a couple feathers on their wings that are long enough to pass. I'm just going to go for it and go ask the Eric Okers for a feather and just see what we can do to get it. If anything happens, I don't know you. <laughs> That's fine. I already don't know him. Uh, yeah. So I, I go, uh, Stump goes and walks over to the, uh, to the Eric Oker and just say, uh, oh, sorry, excuse me. Um, I have uh, yeah. kind of an, an unusual, I have an unusual request. I was just wondering if I could have a feather. Have they look at each other and look back at you and they say, like a feather? Like, from our bodies? Yeah. <laughs> you, you you, want me to just like pluck off a feather and give it to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm an apothecary and so I, I, I sometimes need some kind of unusual ingredients and I found a recipe recently that needs uh, a feather of Aarakocra. Uh, 
Roll persuasion. Can I get that oh. with advantage? <laughs> In what world? I, I, no. Um, that's a six. Oh, yeah, that makes a sense. Six. I'm willing to like they, trade or you know purchase they, it. They look back at you and they say, "You want a feather from our literal bodies, <laughs> so you can make a potion ingredient that like you'll drink." <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of the gist of it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there's kind of some weird things in potions. Like, look at this one. And I show the uh, potion that Portens gave me that's just, like, thick and viscous and real dark. One of them looks looks at the other and says, Fuck it. You buy me a drink, I'll get you a feather. Oh, yeah, I'll get you a drink, of course. I want the most expensive drink on the menu. Um, okay, yeah, I'll be right back. Uh... Hayden, give me a distraction. No, we gotta go. Hayden, I think we might have to go kill a bird. <laughs> Why are you all putting me in this position? Charlie is in danger. I will go outside and shoot a bird out of the sky. And I can reckon with what that does to my soul later. You know what? Fuck it. I just run up and pull a feather out of the Aracosa <laughs> and flee the bar. Uh, I run up to the guy with the fez and say, I owe you, and grab his fez and say, fuck it, it's Thursday, and show my tattoo. Uh, on, the, on the way out, I'm just like, okay, hey, sorry, sorry, we're just we're trying to save somebody's life right now, it's kind of a big deal. And then I like shut the doors behind us. <laughs> yeah, you pluck a couple feathers from this Aracocra who goes, ow, what the hell? Sorry. Stump, you jump up, snatch the fez off of Clovis's head and shout a sorry and Clovis sort of looks around like what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about it's Thursday. You all run out of the bar. We have (sighs) to return that fez. Oh, absolutely. That's fine. Um, And real quick, outside I uh, use some magical tinkering to make the feather iridescent like Hayden's hat's feather. Yeah, you... Work your work your little wiles on it and turn it into an iridescent <laughs> feather, which you attach to the fez somehow. I guess I take off my stetson and put on a fez. You had a stetson on you the were whole wearing time. A stetson you the could whole just put time? it in yeah. the stetson. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> you incompetent fool! <laughs> we can't take you anywhere. Hayden, to be fair, we went on this whole mission with Stump, watching him have a hat on. That's that's the thing. Is you literally all three stood in a bar, going, "Where are we going to get a hat?" Yeah. While no. one of you wore a giant ass Stetson. Look. You gave me some dis- some distressing information, and I'm still processing it. I was not looking at hats. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Earl gave me these creepy little cards about where my aunts are right now, and I think they're in grave danger. So I'm kind of compartmentalizing too. I've had a I got attacked by that cat about twelve times, so I'm a little out of it. I open the door to the bar and throw the fez back in. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> it hits somebody in the face at a table, and like y'all just run away. Got a fucking Ten minutes looking for a goddamn hat. Holy shit! Quit. Oh, uh, oh man. Um, <laughs> great. 
Where are you heading from here? Guess we're going to the sea. <laughs> All right. We got to rein it in, y'all. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess I... <laughs> I start leading everybody down to the sink or where I think the sink was. You're heading back up the street. It's a little quieter now. It's a little later in the evening. Most people who are going home have gone home. And most people who are going to the bars have gone to the bars. It's Thursday night. Fuck it, it's Thursday. Fuck it, it's Thursday. Fit. You are heading back up the road the way you came in order to sort of get to the nearest way down into the deeper levels. And as you do, you pass by the auditorium. It seems that the wizards have helped to put out the blaze. The auditorium is still standing, but it is deeply damaged. Passing by it, you still see a group of wizards outside you see a still heated Maverick Lamarch in talks with someone who looks like a, like a like a big guard. Can we hear what they're saying? In order to get close enough, I'll need you to roll stealth. Uh, I think I'm going to hang back on this one. I don't want to mess up the stealth. Okay. All right. I rolled low. That's a 13. I rolled a nat 20. Ooh, okay. So it's just Stump and Hayden. Yes. I'll say that with the 13 and the nat 20, y'all get close. Okay. Um, y'all are <laughs> like able to That's gotta overhear. save me, right? Yeah. Lamarch is talking to the chief of police. His face is red enough to match his beard at this point. <laughs> he still has, like, his, his red circle shades on. And he says, Cheryl, I need you to figure out who did this. This puts a huge damper in who comes through Twin River. I have to cancel all of the people who were going to perform here, who were going to do presentations. The Dodgeball League. He says, the fucking Dodgeball League is canceled. <laughs> Casey's so happy about that. He, and no. he's, he's sort of like, he sort of breathes in. He says, sorry. I shouldn't have sworn. But I have a suspicion that it is that witch from the church of the eternal flame that might have put this ablaze. I need you to find out where they are right now, and I want them in my office. And also, I need you to find out where this stump character is. I need you to find out where any compatriots of his are. I want them in my office, too, because I have quite a few people that I would like to see thrown into the marriage, if you understand what I'm saying. And Cheryl, the chief of security, says, I will get on it, sir. And he says, you do that. I'm going to return to the sink. I'm going to find out if my friends are there. Because right now, I'm having serious doubts about bringing in these church folks. Also, you told me that before the fire broke out, there were some Jameson guards breaking down the doors. And Cheryl nods and he says, 
I'd like them thrown in the marriage too, just for, just for icing on the cake. And then he turns and sort of <laughs> la marches down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Stump whispers to Hayden and goes, he just said he's going to the sink. Do we just want to follow him? It's not the worst idea in the world, though. Let's not get caught by him in the process. I mean, I'm not concerned for him. We got to be concerned about Solomon with that. Okay. <laughs> I think the ideal scenario here is Lamarche and Courtois have their own little interaction, and we can take that opportunity to get Charlie out. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Let's bring Salome along, and I don't know. Her, her bustles are under control. She'll be fine. Y'all okay. say my name? <laughs> Girl, come on. Well, he's gone. He went down the street. So he's going to uh, the sink right now, so we're just going to follow him. And it sounds like he kind of right. has beef with uh, Courtois, so we might just let whatever that is be its own thing. Well, yeah, that makes sense. You did kind of burn down the whole auditorium. It got the dodgeball league canceled. Not the dodgeball league. Yeah, right? I was really, I had signed us up for that. Yeah, I was looking forward to winning that Vorpal sword. Well, hey, Charlie's got to be on our dodgeball (laughs) team, though, so uh, we got to go find them, and then maybe we'll make the, maybe we'll make the dodgeball league come back so we can get a Vorpal sword for you. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we could make a on our dodgeball team. We could not lose. We could not lose. Oh, that would be so good. We got to get Charlie on our dodgeball team. You know, I'm starting to think, like, and I say this as we're walking. Um, oh, okay. I, I'm starting to think we haven't actually done anything wrong by Maverick Lamarch. I, I kind of think he might be a, a friend in the making. Oh, uh, update on that. He also wants to throw me and my, quote, compatriots in the marriage. Oh, well, we could probably get around that. You didn't really do anything to him. He just doesn't have the full story. Sure. That's how criminals work. Yeah, maybe. We'll come back to that. We can talk to him. I don't think me going on a date with him will fix this one. (laughs) How about we make that plan B? Preferably F or G or further down the alphabet. I don't know. I like him. You are following Lamarch at a distance. As he starts to head down the stairs, you see him slip on a pair of brass knuckles. And he looks ready to, to break some bones. Uh, he heads down the stairs, and as he does, he sees two guards. He sort of, like, motions to follow him. The two guards look at each other, and then one of them says, Yes, of course, sir, and then continue with him. Hmm. Uh, uh, Can we do a little, a little insight? A little insight check? Yeah. I feel like these folks are, are church operatives. Oh, I don't like this. That's a natural one. Hayden's distracted. Yeah, that's not much better. That's a six. <laughs> Hayden, you almost lose track of Lamarch. Um, I got a 13. Uh, I think, Stump, a 13 is good enough. Salome and Hayden, you don't notice anything. Uh, Stump, you notice this is kind of weird behavior. The yes, sir, almost came across mockingly. And as a former criminal, I know that no one would ever speak to their boss like that. You would know that. And you you catch a glance from Lamarche that's kind of like, meh. But he just keeps going. He's sort of like a one thing at a time right now. He's compartmentalizing uh, as everyone else is this episode. <laughs> We're all just stuffing little things away. <laughs> 
So Stump's going to, uh, clocking that kind of happen, is going to ready his crossbow in case the guards start to do something uh, against LaMarche. And then okay. also kind of just clues in the others like, hey, guards don't talk to their boss that way, especially not in this line of work. As you say that, group takes a turn. And there is sort of this long alley that ends in a staircase down to the next level. And as they turn down this alley, you see one of the guards pull a gun <gasps> and shoot LaMarche in the back. Oh. And that is where we'll pick up next time. Oh, yeah. no. Casey, what if we What if we didn't? I don't think what we're going to we... be friends with LaMarche at this point. But I want to be friends with LaMarche so bad. off the table. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 12 of Mage Hand High Five, The Badlands, and for sticking around for my fun bit at the end. Ooh, actually stick around a little bit longer because right after my little spiel, we're going to have a fun special message from our friends at Twice Rolled Tales. Do you want to hear us talk more about the show? Go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash magehandhighfive. You can get into the conversation with us and you can listen to our fancy new special behind-the-scenes talkback show called Mage Hand Down Low, where we get into all the fun behind-the-scenes nitty-gritty stuff. We talk about lore. We talk about our character motivations. We talk about the silly stuff that got cut out of the show. And if you join us quickly, you can get a fancy little embossed card that says that you're an early patron. It's really cool, and there are only like six of them left, so get on over to get it now! Thanks to Jacob Kersner for our orchestrations and Shane Smith for our logo and our cover art. Check out our website at www.magehandhighfive.com and look for us all over social media. We're on TikTok. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Discord. I think that's all of them, but wherever we may be, we're going to be there at Mage Hand High Five. Go to your podcatcher of choice, throw a five-star review our way. You could throw five shurikens my way and it would look similar, but it would injure me. Hey, let's shout out all of our lovely subscribers over on Patreon. We have Imp Games, Avery Spar, AM Lovelies, Allison DeVelvis, Das Carpenter, Diana Bacon, Al Forrest Oki, Liz Spar, Carrie, Jonathan Gunn, Tyler Gardner, Mira the Nerd, Eldest Soul, Julata Pang, Michael Clevenger, Laura, Al, Chloe Utley, and Sammy Richardson. They're all fantastic, and you could be too if you just hop on over to Patreon. It's just a little bit a month, and it really helps us out. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your foes about the show. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere. And when you do it, use the hashtag MHH5. And hey, how about a high five? Hi, we're Twice Rolled Tales. We're a new New York City-based tabletop studio making great storytelling accessible. We turn familiar systems and settings upside down, from cursed souls and space battles to Regency murder mysteries and collaborative straw goat arson. There's no story we won't find some way to tell. In addition, we create companion modules so that you can take our stories to your own table. Speaking of, we're excited to announce our Kickstarter for Tabletop Gone Mad, running January 30th through February 29th. Are you a DM pressed for time but still want to create something custom? Are you a beginner looking to get started? Tabletop Gone Mad is a set of no-prep, fill-in-the-blank TTRP adventures with a streamlined D20 system. With custom character sheets, GM guidance, and roll tables, you'll have everything you need to create a one-shot in minutes, completely unique to your table, 
that's perfect for players of all experience levels. Be a part of the story and join our campaign at TwiceRollTales.com.